Hello, everybody, and welcome to filmreview.com podcast. And we're we're checking on technical difficulties here, but we'll see we'll see what's going on. And uh, that would just be uh, perfect to coincide with all the emails we've gotten over the last couple of weeks for Sounds our good. technical problems. But uh, this week we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. So uh, we're like playing catch up. Uh, we'll jump into the introductions anyway. Now that we yeah. think this is actually working, this seems good. Now this seems like uh, I'm your host, PhilReview.com's own Mark Eastman, Hello. and with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And as I said, this week we're going to cover a lot of things. The big thing, obviously, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation Huge. is uh, the movie right now, but we've got several other movies. Uh, to cover briefly at least right. and we got to go back to ant-man because uh the ant-man Ant -Man. show d yeah. didn't work right and uh last week we had to take off uh for traveling out of town yep. purposes and stuff so with the episode not working that makes two weeks right, of was... not having the show and uh we're so slackers were pissed yeah that's people the, wrote in look, it was awesome i love this still. right you you and i are of the same mind like we love getting emails anyway we love getting twitter tweets face things calls you know nobody's called on the show for a long time but we're, we love getting calls we're big on social even media. even if even if it's to take us to task it, you know we love it because it means that you're listening right you know? and we do this and we do do this anyway we just talk to each other but now we're talking to an audience <laughs> it's really cool that you guys <laughs> right. You know, I, I always say to you, I think that's awesome if we take a week off for whatever reason, whether it's purposeful or accidental, like with Ant-Man, because people want to hear it. Right. And that's really cool. That's a huge compliment. So sorry the show got botched, but thanks for Right. And none of them care about, about Ant-Man anyway. You know? Yeah. Which is even right. uh, better. I think that's great that they, they're really into it. Yeah. And uh, so so now this week, another speaking of our fans and and people emailing us and writing in, because we have so much stuff to do, uh, we're not going to do a, a critic takedown. Right? Oh, that's the big thing. But people Everybody are still it. writing in. And that's another thing that uh, the fans are so cool because it, it, I sort of took it from a lot of emails yeah. uh, to kind of start doing that. Right, and right. then as soon as we did it, man, it just everyone's Nobody like, even wants yeah. to get a review anymore. They're no, just like, I know. Hey, take this person. They're down. like, I hate this other yeah. critic. I'm like, Whoa. I think that's great too. We're yeah. still gonna review. A bunch so of stuff. Uh, we're we're gonna do that, but uh, we're we're really not gonna, I think, do the news right this week. We're just gonna kind of get back to like the movies. You know, seem to be. You know, the thing is, the news is weird right now. Yeah, uh, the news is all uh, either things that are happening like three years from now, or <laughs> right, yeah. or, uh, or things that happened three years ago, or things you know. that are you know like uh, the release of the list of Toronto International right. uh, Film Festival was kind of a thing. People are talking about it, but it's not. I mean, it's it's just a list of movies. It's right. not news. Right. It's like these are the movies. And then uh, you know, Channing Tatum was kind of yeah the news, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, you know, I, I feel it. It made me curious. It the way that that news kind of <laughs> I don't know hit the internet and went down and everything. Like yeah. I feel like they leaked this bogus story that the deal was falling apart a couple of days before to, they say yeah. oh no it's it, it's back it, it, it's it's locked he signed right, the deal right. to play gambit or whatever yeah you know just so like people would be paying attention to it again yeah like it would be a thing to say and people would say gambit and channing tatum a lot on right. the internet so that right so that then when they say oh no I mean, he signed the deal and and yeah. it's all whatever <laughs> Just, you know, it's like no one had mentioned this for a while. Yeah. Let's leak some fake story about how it's all falling apart. I keep waiting for the, you know, it, that fake shoe to drop with Hugh Jackman. I, I, I want him to play Wolverine until he's dead, right. basically. And I keep thinking this is just a tease. I, I did uh, uh, on filmreview.com. I did kind of talk about that news yeah. uh, before the deal was signed. Just right. because it was driving me crazy yeah. to hear all of the uh, all of the crap people were saying about it. Right. And uh, so you'll see if you go uh, go to the site and look at the news post, you'll see I like linked to a writer on Forbes.com who said, <laughs> uh, you know, if and everyone was saying everything. Right. So, I mean, it's right. not like he's the only guy who said anything, but I mean, it was just all over and it people that, were talking yeah. about it. But it was like uh, he said, if if they lose Channing Tatum, they should just not make Gambit. Right. 
And I'm like, what? That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and then he said, like, he thought it was so great that they got a movie star caliber person to be in a comic book movie. Right. I'm like, really? Have right. you been to a comic book movie <laughs> in, in the last 15 years? And, 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 you know, I don't know. Just I still I was I was happy about it when I first heard it. Yeah. I don't like Channing Tatum in this role. Right. Anyway, Channing, Channing, Channing Tatum is not Gambit. And you're a big Gambit fan. Like yeah. you actually, I mean, I'm kind of taking him or leave him. I never was warm to him, but I absolutely agree. This is not enough to excite me about anything right. for this. So he, I, I just, I don't, I, just I don't he's see this, him he's, he's as a, Gambit. He's a right? beefcake guy who's kind of, I think he's strangely enough before we irk anybody and you get emails for it. I actually think Channing Tatum is talented too. Uh, I've seen I him, think seen him he's pull okay. Off a few things. I think he's I don't okay. Think he's De Niro, but I think right. he's, he's, he can do more than I think these roles seem to allow him to right be. he but was he was good in fox catcher he was really good in fox catcher i think jupiter ascending proved that he's not necessarily the draw everyone thinks he is he's, that that <laughs> film man what a piece of crap that was because but. that's that's on track i yeah. think to stay the right. biggest box office loser ever and if you're trying to come up in the world you just there are a few projects you've got to stay away from and with a a certain modicum of respect to the Wachowskis and you just got to stay off their project line. Yeah. You just can't do that stuff. But you, you know, I thought maybe for the only things I saw, you know, everyone's excited about Ian McShane. Yeah. Okay. And Game I of like, Thrones, and I like sure. Ian McShane a lot, but yep. I don't watch Game of Thrones. So it doesn't matter to me. And I was bummed to see Roddy Piper died. Yeah. Because that's true. even though, even though he is, he was no De Niro either. Man, I love They Live. But and you and know, that comes to Frogtown. I mean, he was just the a, was thing a, that's weird about him as as an actor, as an actor in right. the in the few things that he's been in. It's not like he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. In the few things that he's been in, it's it's the weirdest turnaround of what you would expect because yeah. he is only in the goofiest movies. Yeah. And yet somehow he manages to actually like make them real. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know he's mean. amazing. He's really in great them. in them. In They Live, he's great I love in They, they Live. live. I, and I love John Carpenter, but he's really, really, I mean, I don't know why that movie must have just been like a hair off on one end of the spectrum. Because that could have been like one of these things that takes off and he could have been a bigger star. Right. For and, that. and he could have all of a sudden been in a lot all of All these films. Yeah. And, and, you know, someone asked me, you know, what what's your favorite Roddy Piper performance? Is it, you know, They Live or is it Hell for, Comes to Rod? On and on. I went, it's Roddy Piper. You know, right. he, when he was that wrestling guy, right. that was the best performance he ever did. Oh, you're you going to get so many emails now from well, all, our, hey, all our wrestling fan all listeners. All wrestling fans, they're going to be all up And, uh, you know, as far so as anyway, news that's, goes, that's yeah, also uh, Relativity uh, studios bankruptcy yeah. And, yeah. and now it's like uh it's it's a very weird thing that's coming out of that so relativity studios has bankruptcy yeah. and you know laid off all these people and whatever and it's weird what's coming out of that the things that are probably dead now right and the right. things that are probably more alive now isn't that weird because they're yeah. going to because other people they're are going to, to, take to take them or whatever yeah. so it is really weird that's and really and like the uh the crow remake reboot whatever yep. is is looking more and more dead right and, and frankly cursed <laughs> because <laughs> like that has been going on for so one. long yeah. and had so many problems james obar must be just yeah but then there are other movies that it's like oh this is the best thing that happened right. to this movie because right. it'll go somewhere else you know yep. whatever but anyway so strange um and that that pretty much uh That's i think is, is the only news we're yeah, gonna do because we gotta we got to get to like several uh, yeah. movies. And uh, so Ant-Man. Which we did a show. I don't know. We, if you, we did we, the we show. Actually yeah. did, we sat here for an hour and talked to mm -hmm. each other. Right. It, and, and, and then something and, happened to the audio. And, yeah, and we don't know what. Up. And it, it didn't. I, I don't know. Man, I wonder if. You know what would be really curious? I don't know if anyone out there. Can you. Have you verified that it didn't go out? No. Like, I know the saved show didn't. Right. No. Did I don't listeners? know. If anybody listened I, to the I show live yeah. and heard us, us know. can you confirm whether cool. or not you actually heard us talking about Ant-Man? Because that would be interesting <laughs> right. to know just for the future. Like, okay, well, we didn't get an archive show, but we did go out live. And if you listened, if you're one of the four people that listened, <laughs> yeah. let us know. And you obviously recorded it while you were listening right, to it. You right. could send us the file. Well, I hope we that, I, hope we, I assume we're going to quickly summarize like yeah. our 
on it and you'll you'll give it like a nine and when <laughs> we did it two weeks ago you <laughs> right. gave it like a four and someone's yeah, gonna be like sudden, hey this I is really bold i listened i know you did this so <laughs> that would be, be fun to know but anyway no uh uh ant-man yeah so we can just uh really quickly we're gonna breeze uh, over a bunch, uh, like you said go through what happened with that movie uh i gave it four and a half yep originally and you gave it I'm pretty I sure I like, gave it a six and a half. I, I was going to say, I feel like I was six rated or six, six and, and a half. half. Yeah. I was six and a half, seven, six and a half, six. I was right in there and I picked six and a half. Um, I thought it was fun, but faulted. And when it was fun, it worked better than it. I thought it was going to based right. on the colors. And we, we talked about that too. And when it was kind of clumsy and awkward and didn't know what to do with itself, it just kind of felt really clumsy and awkward and unsure of what whether it wanted to be a, a straight sci-fi right. film a camp film a comp like it just didn't know whether it was a heist film or a superhero film and and that's okay uh, you know and, it just, and it, it's okay it's okay except that it's everything yeah the, the, the it, doors are open <laughs> i love it it's it's okay except that it was uh trying to be everything and then yeah. you know, there, therefore worked yeah. well at none of them right and, and i thought it was good you you were just below average and i was just above average so right. i think you know it was probably pretty average and you know? uh you know for most people there's you know some fun to be had in there and everything sure. but there was a lot of you know like you said it doesn't know if it wants to be a heist film or a superhero film yeah. or you know like some weird like uh spin on romantic comedy or, yeah, or uh, it's like all this stuff going on but then at the same time like you said it's also it can't decide if it wants to be a pretty serious film like an avengers film or if it wants to be a mostly goofy film yeah or if it wants to go like completely like camp and right. be almost right. like you know 80s flash gordon sure. kind of stuff it could, so it's it, yeah there's two different ways that it's trying to be everything yeah and it just you know it didn't as much as paul rudd like tries to you know just kind of be charming at yeah. everything right, right. <laughs> it, it, you and he is in this too still. And, and and it works he's good and, and it works pretty well for him but right. as he's going through this movie yeah you know he can't just sit there and smile at you right and then you go okay yeah it is a good movie right, right. <laughs> when everything else is, I, I, is going weird i remember michael douglas you know still just being like oh, i really wish he worked more because he was really good and he played it real serious like he right. was like this is the right. role and i'm not gonna, i mean there'll be some gags and stuff but i'll, I'll play it like you're he was me. he was playing you know? it almost like you know we were making the documentary right. of the real ant-man right. and how yeah. it came to be i, I mean, thought he, he was, was really, really fun and i actually and i thought paul rudd was was great almost throughout the whole thing and eventually lily was okay you yeah know, i thought she was she was adequately enough i just there was something about the way the story was orchestrated and the way they did it all it just didn't it just didn't really vibe. Yeah, and there was a lot of it where I found it like uh, the farther you got into the movie, the more I found it kind of hard to care in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And we're doing all this stuff with the ants and the you know the yeah. the villain is just like twirling his mustache. Well, that was your big point too. He he starts off at eleven again. Like he's, right. Why would Michael Douglas's character? Why would Hank Pym ever put this guy in charge of anything other than like the bathroom stall? Right. You know because he's clearly like psychotic off the go and and not just like real, but he's. And, like and he and so. he's not really at the very beginning when he's pretending not to be evil right he's not really yeah right. <laughs> i mean right. he's like uh, and we and we had talked about how you know again comparing it to the other marvel films like how i liked and it's not fair to put him up against jeff bridges because jeff bridges is just ridiculously talented and not saying this guy doesn't but you you didn't know from the start, even though you knew from the start in Iron Man that Obadiah Stane was the bad guy or a bad guy. And you see that kind of gradually happen. This right. guy, like you said, he just shows up. There's right. ominous music. Right. There's lightning. Right, exactly. He's twirling his mustache, you know. Right. I mean, he's he's like, at the beginning of this movie, he's like the uh, Kneel Your Villainy equivalent <laughs> right. of like wearing a disguise yeah. by putting on the glasses with the nose, the mustache, you know, and now right. no one knows who yeah. will recognize you, right? Yeah. It's just, it's so obvious. And then, you know, another thing that really kind of brought me down and eventually like pushed me out of the movie in a big, big way for what my ultimate rating is, was uh, the whole daddy issue thing yeah, was so, was so overdone. And it was, you know, we got the daddy issues with uh, his actual daughter, Evangeline Lily. Then right. we've got the daddy issues with the villain yeah. and 
how Man. how he took him on early as like his being his mentor like his, yeah. or whatever and yeah. and tried to whatever like bring something out of him and you know what sucks is it's got that really cool line that you mentioned before when we when we did the show before um where he gives that line about seeing too much of himself and, right. and, and that whole little thing, that scene ought to really be awesome. Yeah. But it can't be because we've just, you know, hammered, buried it. you right. in talking about daddy issues yeah. all the way up to it. Right. You know, if we had like a few hints and stuff and right. whatever, and then, then, and, and then we more. get to yeah, that. Right. But you've even got Evangeline Lilly saying yeah right. <laughs> out loud literally spelling it for that you. she has no. she might as well turn to the you know break the fourth wall and just turn to the audience <laughs> and go look yeah yeah i'm dealing with daddy issue i mean it's right. it, it's just so overplayed yeah that then it you know it takes the force out of the things you're trying to get to at the end right and plus it, it just makes it so that there, it turns out that there's so much of the runtime of the movie yeah. spent watching people talk about right daddy, daddy issues. issues. And so, you're uh, like, Jesus, right. what am I watching? Right. You know, yeah. and uh, and yet there's a lot of stuff that you know really is fun with it. But then another thing we also mentioned, and then we'll move on, and you know our rating for this movie. Right. But uh, another thing that we mentioned that I I think really like stood out to me too is uh we talked about in the first the the first go round of reviewing this movie was uh all the stuff that happened with ants and a lot of the uh more actiony parts but especially anywhere where ants are involved really just feels like a completely different guy making a completely different movie it's yeah. like they've got like this second unit director in charge of all the ant special effects right and it's almost like he gets a certain script that just covers his part of the movie and <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know the whole movie or have any connection to the whole movie and he's doing his thing and it looks like this and right. we act like this and yeah whatever and then the rest of the movie that's put all around it is somebody else with a whole different <laughs> theory yeah. and a whole different uh you know scheme of what he's trying to get out of what he's doing and then you just mash them together and it's kind of odd right uh, it's yeah, kind of weird it is. So uh, that's Ant Man. We loved it like crazy. You should go see it. Um, yeah. Except that it's not very good. And right. uh, so now we got like a bunch of movies between uh, then and now. And uh, I'll just have to give like the quick rundown right. on, on several of these. So other movies that recently came out. So Trainwreck. Yeah. Uh, I ultimately gave that a six. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it makes me uh, unhappy do it because i really like amy schumer there's a lot of good stuff in the movie yeah. there's a lot of stuff that's fun and funny although people who go to this movie with with no real idea other than the fact that they are really big amy schumer fans right. are probably going to be kind of disappointed because yeah. it just doesn't play out like what you would expect yeah. right it's like uh i don't even know exactly what to compare it to but it's like if you know you went to a seth mcfarland movie and all of a sudden it was you know like beaches right, right. <laughs> like it was like it's yeah. just it, i mean it's not that extreme an example but it's just no, it's you're kinda... going to be looking for a bit different movie oh, yeah if you're just a fan of the show inside amy schumer and go oh she's making a movie right, i'm right. all on that right and and a lot of it is a little overly talky and it's slow in parts yeah. and it's just, um, but you know, it, it, it was still good. It was just, it was just kind of rough. It, it is good. And it feels watered down. It's, you know, it's another Judd Apatow film that can't come close to being under two hours when it needs to be like an hour and 40 minutes. You right. Know, it, it was at least 25 minutes too long and that 25 minutes spread over the course of two hours is just ambling in places it doesn't need to right i was impressed with it in a lot of ways um though not super familiar with amy schumer's stuff yet um but it made me curious to see more of it i would give it like a six and a half and the thing is if it were a tighter film if it were shorter it probably would have been like seven and a half eight because right. what's really good about it is absolutely really fun and the thing that I liked in a lot of ways is that Amy Schumer wrote, you know, at least takes all the credit for writing it. So I have, and I don't doubt that she was the only writer, but she, like I told you, one of the things I really liked is she didn't 
take all the good lines. No, she made all, sure yeah. that the ensemble, that everybody else around her, because it seemed to me that she believed that the scene was the funniest thing, not the person who delivered the killer line. So she often, she did have many great lines, but she would give them to everybody else. Bill Hader, Colin Quinn, like her, the, the woman who played her sister, you know, right. anybody who was in a scene with her had a chance to get the best lines. And then if you're just a throwaway person for the novelty of the film, like, even LeBron James, he got great lines. And and know? she would just do a so, lot of her stuff by reaction. Right. And, and, it, and, and it was, and it was she's, cool. she has at one moment, this really, uh, real great ability to be vulnerable and edgy and, and sharp and self-aware in a way that I think Hollywood really wants Melissa McCarthy to be. Yeah. And isn't. And doesn't. And, and lets doesn't her self-sabotage. And whether or not it's fair to compare them or not, I don't know. I think so. They're both, popular comedians right now in movies and in tv it, amy schumer just seems to draw a line and be like i don't care about making fun of myself but i'm not going to do it just because you think i need to right like i'm going to do it if it's funny right. so it was it was really interesting to see but man hell if it wasn't at least a half hour longer than it should have been right so okay uh we gotta like jump through lots of things so uh indie movie uh that's out in select theaters and is I think already available like on, on iTunes and yeah. video on demand type stuff is uh, Jenny's Wedding. Yeah. And very interesting movie. And it's uh, uh, Catherine Heigl and uh, Alexis Bledel yeah. is uh, from Gilmore Girls is in it. She's not really in it all that much. It's a very strange movie. Okay. It's about uh, <laughs> Catherine Heigl has been in a relationship with Alexis Bledel for like five years now. Yeah. And her parents, she hasn't come out to her parents and her family and everything. Yeah. And so it's, it's a very weird, weird movie. And speaking of beaches, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the movie. It's a movie by the uh, person who wrote the screenplay for beaches. Yeah. Uh, who, and I heard, I, lost her name right now but uh she has a long three name complicated name oh. I, I can't remember her name right now. but um she's uh, also you know written screenplays for other things she's written screenplays for a lot of big popular movies she's only directed one other movie and it's been a while since we've seen her wow. it's been like 10 years i think since she's uh written anything so i don't know she's you know took some time off, right. um, but she has uh, delivered some big screenplays. Anyway, uh, this one, so it, this is a weird movie where uh, the description of this movie sounds like it's completely boring and we don't need it. It's, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very weird thing because it's basically like the synopsis of the movie is uh, Jenny, you know, right. finally decides she's got to come out to her parents and they don't take it well. Right. And and that's it. <laughs> and it's really it really easy. it really kind of seems like do we need that? Ugh, here's another uh coming out to your parents um, and they don't like it, you know, thing. It just it just feels like but but this is a perfect example of why really cliche synopses of right. movies still keep getting made. There's, you know, there's a reason that cliches become cliches, right? Right. Because they're actually things saying if you do it right. Right. If, if it, uh, you know, it's like why old sayings are old sayings and, and people keep, keep saying them. On, right. You know, it's like, and it's so weird that this movie works really well too. I, I gave it a seven. It's not great. And it also could be trimmed a bit. Huh. And for me, the screenplay, uh, you know, I think really gives you an idea of someone who hasn't written a screenplay in like 10 years so they're just ring rust there's they, yeah. uh but it but it's really good in the big picture right huh. but then there's uh certain parts of the dialogue are i, I don't know did not jive exactly Still. there are certain scenes that are a little a little too you know <laughs> you know they're right. they're a little they're a little too much uh, there's a couple of scenes, uh, and it's uh, Tom Wilkinson is her dad. Wilkinson, I was gonna say Tom Atkinson, and uh, Tom and and he's he's great. awesome. He's I, he's, he's, he's really great in it, right? Yeah, he's awesome. And <clears throat> and then you've got this uh, really great character that we don't get enough of in Alexis uh, Bledel. I wish we got huh. more of her because she's like she's so like perfectly the person who is just sitting there with in a relationship with you who have not come out 
Right. And doesn't really care. Yeah. She's like, well, whatever. I don't care if you tell your parents. But uh, I mean, and okay, well, now you have to tell your parents. If you're going to tell your parents, tell your parents. Uh, <laughs> right. But she's got this great character. And then you've got uh, Jenny's sister plays a big part. And it's uh, Gummer. I can't remember her first name. Her last name is Gummer. Uh, I want to say Gracie. Grace. Gracie. Yeah. Grace. I think it's Grace. But yeah. And she's really good. And she's in a, she's in a uh, basically horrible relationship with her husband. Yeah where uh, they're just sort of uh, strangers and they're not, and they're not happy or whatever. And she finally gets up the nerve to leave him or whatever. I don't know. But what's really cool. (laughs) What's really cool about the movie is that it actually has nothing to do with coming out to your parents, even though that's all it's about. It's the MacGuffin of the film. It's uh, well, not exactly, but, but what's great about it is, you know, it could be anything they play the, the script plays it out like it could be anything. It could really be you'd you'd have like basically the same idea if it was just uh, you know she lied about still being in medical school, but really she oh, quit right. and okay. she was playing in her band or whatever. Right. It's really just anything where it's it's like a big confrontation with your parents. You finally right. go look. I'm going to do what I want to do, and you know this is who I am. I'm not a medical student i'm a drummer in a band or you know it could be anything and it's just that the thing happens to be that she's gay and hasn't come out to him yet right and and in that respect i think it's a really great play because it doesn't just kind of like harp on the whole thing right and her parents really don't take it well right (laughs) And, and yet it's, it's goofy. Like if it went wrong, it could just be like after, after school special and be really stupid and cheesy. And, and it's, it's really good. It's not great, but it's it's pretty fun. Okay. So that's it for that. I gave it a seven. I think I said that already, but, um, but it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, the other one that I saw paper towns, which is, uh, you know, we talked about it on the show before and mentioned that it was, uh, coming up. It's uh, by the same author, a screenplay by the same uh, author of the book, The Fault in Our Stars, and directed by the same guy who directed The Fault in Our Stars, and uh, and not quite as good as The Fault in Our Stars, but a very interesting movie. Um, It's it's actually it's probably more interesting, you know, for people like you and me. Yeah, <laughs> and especially you, you know, you're like a big, uh, you know, English background and, sure. and stories and, and every from. everything like that, right? Yeah, it's very it's very interesting how it's laid out. So it's it's about you know your your average, not quite really bad geek. Yeah, in high school, your your typical uh, person who's going to have a high school movie about him, and it's going to be like a coming of age kind of thing. And the girl who moves in next door, who he falls in love with when he's like eight. And then, right. and they're kind of friends because at, when you're eight, whoever is across the street from you, you're going to be friends with. Sure. And there's no high school politics involved. Right. But as they grow up, you know, they move apart and they, and she becomes, you know, she's in with the really popular crowd and one of those, you, you know, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's like camp we love. Right. And, in the basic setup of who's who and uh more weepy less less like soundtrack happy. right yeah so he's still like mooning over her in senior year of high school right and and they don't really talk though right and one night she comes to his window and wants him to go on this adventure with her to do all this stuff yeah. and he's like he doesn't even know what's going on right, right. And they go and they, you know, they they basically like do a bunch of goofy pranks on her ex-boyfriend. She found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her. So they do these goofy pranks to him, to like his friend who knew about it and helped him hide it, to her like best friend who she thinks knew about it and didn't tell her. Right. And all this stuff. And so they go do all this goofy stuff and they have this big night of, you know, adventure. And then the next morning, she disappears and she's gone and now it's like what happened to her right and then he like finds these clues to where she's gone and so now he's on this big quest to find out you know what happened what happened to her to find her and then he's got his friends 
that he like kind of pulls along and turns into like this big road trip to go to this to go to this town where they think she is and everything and and it's you know it's a little goofy but it's kind of like the fault in our stars when you were looking at the fault in our stars and like looking at the trailers for that and the synopsis for generally what happens you're like oh that sounds really goofy (laughs) you know yeah and then you watch the movie and it's really good they they do they do that in a different way than you expect so that it can kind of come together better and it actually delivers you know on the emotion of things better and it's not just the next in a line of a bunch of movies that look exactly the same and are doing exactly the same thing yeah and this one is kind of cool like i said from like an english like story like studying story perspective because uh you know it's like this coming of age thing um except that it's kind of like an opposite coming of age thing right yeah the the main character in the story uh our our hero guy right his main flaw in this movie is that you know he's too acclimated to society already right he's too much i mean he's like straight a student he's like you know he's he's already come of age it's like to have a coming of age it's like it's like his it's like his problem (laughs) that we're trying to solve is that he's too mature right and and you've got the girl and her being wildness and everything yeah and and she's trying to fix him (laughs) and he's like on a he's on a quest to see that sounds cool like not come of age basically right and ultimately in the end what he learns is is a really weird thing that no movie I think has ever really taken a shot at. So, so that's, that's so that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Because really what he, what he gets out of his adventure in the end is that he kind of learns really what other people are to you. Right. And the little, the piece of who you are that other people are because he does all this stuff and I'm not going to spoil exactly how it ends and stuff. But what he says is at the end that uh, she shouldn't be sorry because, but for you, right. I would not have done all these things. Right. And it's like, that's who you are is, is, but for you, I wouldn't have done all this stuff. And yeah. it's, it's really cool. That you're cool. like, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the simpler things that you expect this movie to be doing, right? That, you know, he, he gets, he gets kind of this uh breaking his mold of you know being stiff and dirty or right. whatever and like loosening up a little bit right yeah that's not like that happens but it's like we're way ahead of him figuring that out and you know it's it's not really what's going on right. and then you know it all kind of comes together in the end and it's really that's pretty cool. it, it's really weirdly cool, cool. So, what did you give it so i i gave it an eight yeah most mostly because uh this is a weird one that kind of it goes in line with train wreck in a way because it is a little too long but like train wreck there are a lot of parts where you'd need to cut like a half hour you're not sure what half hour to cut yeah, right? right and if you just cut everything that you go ah we don't need that you'd cut an hour right and so it's like you don't know exactly what yeah. parts because it kind of oh. it does a lot of shifting around and and it does a lot of you know pieces on the road trip and then if you actually cut the things you're like well but wait maybe that part was fun even though it doesn't right. do anything oh, or weird. whatever you know so it's very strange there's lots of parts where um they they find this like abandoned like uh she leads she leads them with her clues to this uh, old abandoned it's like a kind of a touristy knickknack like shop but it's been abandoned for years right. and and they keep going there and it kind of drags out in that where you know we've we've actually gotten what we need out of that but they keep going back to it right. anyway so it it needs to be cut and uh, it, especially in the early part of it you know i didn't i didn't love it it, it you have to like let it build at you for a while right. and just kind of play along and go yeah. i'm i'll i'll agree that this will probably be better yeah. <laughs> but you, right. but it's not convincing me yet you know <laughs> but uh, but ultimately 
it was really good. It didn't have quite the same thing where like when when we were leaving the fault in our stars and we were like, what? Right. That was like really good. Yeah. Right. Didn't quite have like that kind of kick, kick to it or whatever, but it, strong. but it, it was good. You know, that's yeah. a really strong for a film that you might be surprised with. Yeah. You know, like going in. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really good. Cool. It was, it would kind of bum me out though, because I was like, you know, if this just had a little bit better, whatever right right then it could have been you know like one of those really good really 80s movies films, that yeah. like lives forever right. and becomes that's like cool. a thing that's cool and you know maybe for people younger than who me who are that. watching it right. or whatever in, it. in a different generation right. maybe it actually will right i don't know uh it's it's actually not getting as much attention yeah. so it's hard it's hard to say if it will but maybe, yeah, it'll, maybe sneak, it'll catch on maybe it'll catch on over time yeah okay now i think we're probably good to actually review the movie we're supposed to be reviewing sure. now that we've got a little bit more than 20 minutes left. So, <laughs> uh, mission impossible rogue nation, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, as, as you just have to say mission, impossible, right? right? You, you know, what's going on, right? Yeah, it's not like, uh, we have to it. explain the plot or anything, yeah. which is complicated enough anyway. So we're supposed to start off, Right with our yeah, we're way off ratings. this one. We're twenty well, minutes late. We're way off on our ratings of this movie. I'm telling you, this was the catch-up episode. So oh yeah, right. You know, I I don't know that we ever really are on time with stuff. One day we're going to surprise people by just being like, "Hello, I'm so and so co-host." Hired three we're producers, seven and nine. Okay, here we go. You know, uh, okay. So the, you know, the rating for this one is a, a little a little tricky for me, and and yet it's not. <laughs> So that's the weird thing about this movie is that, uh, you know, when this movie ended, like as soon as, you, as soon as there was the part that ended this, it was weird because going back to the instant reaction kind of thing, right? As soon as the little uh, animated thing started rolling, like yeah. before the movie's even really over, right. I was like, I exactly know my number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why yet. <laughs> I don't but know. I don't know all the details yeah. of uh, exactly why, <laughs> but uh, you know, for me, for me, this movie was exactly seven, and like, and I, it was, it was almost like seven showed up on the screen. Right. You know, right. it was just like, yep, that's just seven, yeah. and I didn't have all the details worked out on who did what and why and, and why. how it got is, there. But I was like, feel. man, that is just. Well, it's like the, the lights go down and, you know, somebody somewhere throws the spotlight on you and you have to say something right. that immediately comes to mind. You're like, seven, you know, and, and then you feel confident about it. You and know? you don't even have to say it. It's like the spotlight has a machine in it that reads right, your just mind. gets you, right. And just so knows. You, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <clears throat> I, I, I was a little, not confused, but I was a little torn because I feel like there's a lot of the film that's just like what you were saying earlier about you know, the other films is that cliches exist for a reason. And when you do spy films, whether they're bond or born or mission impossible, right. Or I guess even now you can throw in like fast and the furious, even though now they're like super agents, but there's a lot of cliche. Cause there's a, there's always the same story, especially with a mission impossible film where you've got to overcome the most ridiculous security system to break in. Right. You're, you're completely, you, you're completely boxing yourself in when it's like James right. Bond or mission impossible, because it has to be impossible. Right. And, right. or, you know, like if it's James Bond, it, it has to be something only James Bond could, could do. do right. And or whatever. This, so, and they've certainly built Ethan Hunt up over the years to be, this is the guy, you right. know, and they, and they actually, one of the things I liked about the film is they actually acknowledge that and kind of point the fun finger at him in it. And he right. takes it. I, I was at seven and a half. You know, I thought if, there had been a few tweaks to this. This would have been really, really high. And I was a little surprised at feeling seven and a half being as, I guess I was pretty amped up for it. I mean, Chris McQuarrie. I, I was of tomorrow too. With, I, I was ready Tom for Cruise, this one. And that's been a really great film that we saw in the last couple of years. And again, I keep saying he should do more sci-fi because Oblivion the year before that. Right, right. It's just, this is maybe his niche that he's never really done um, a lot of. But there was a lot of expectation from me on it based on the stuff that they've done recently. And it wasn't... And, and the past Mission Impossible and, and, movies. Right. And, and the simple fact... I like 
the Mission Impossible film. I feel like they've only gotten better. Right. And I think the third one, though I rip on J.J. Abrams as much as I can, the third one that he did is amazing. It's, it's really good. really effective. Yeah. And most of that has to do with something that this film lacked. It had a really good villain. Philip Seymour Hoffman was amazing in right. that role. And in this film, I it wasn't just that the villain wasn't necessarily there. It was that in some ways... In some ways, it almost felt like, and and it was really strange because McQuarrie, who'd done the other film, uh, Edge of Tomorrow with Cruz, and uh, by the way, has written some of the my favorite films, like going all the way back to like The Usual Suspects. Like, oh he's right, amazing. right. So when when I guy who wrote The Usual Suspects and Way of the Gun and all these films that I really like gets this, and it's kind of cliche throughout. I'm like, well, wait, what did you really do? Right. But um, it almost felt like, in some way. He he felt like when Tom Cruise is on scene and on the set, we've got to put him in everything. Like we're going to get our money's worth from this guy. There were times where I felt like even Tom Cruise was in the movie when he shouldn't have been. Right. Like it was almost like he's too solo of an act, and that's coming on the heels that's, of Ghost Protocol. That, that's where, a, that's exactly one of my uh, huge it, huge feel, complaints about the okay. film is that um, eventually I started. You know they. Sell this whole the team has been taken apart, right. so the funding's off, sure. and, you know, whatever. So they kind of build an excuse in a way for, yeah. for how things kind of come together. But when it went on way too long, where I was like thinking, you know, this is actually just a Bond film, right? It's just him, right? And then, you know, he's got like, you know, Q shows up one, once in a while, right. or you know, whatever, yeah. But you've got Simon Pegg having a bit of a role, especially yeah. when we get far enough right. into it, and Ving Rhames, Ving Rhames up and yeah. and is in a little yep. also. Yeah. But I was just spending this whole time. We've got the Bond girl, right? <laughs> she was good, except she was good, you know, and she's, she's the other she's spy capable, or whatever. Right. But I'm like, this is not an impossible mission force, right? right. I right. want at least two more people, right? And I want both of them to be in the movie a lot more. Right, right. And yeah, Jeremy Renner's in it, you know, and even Alec Baldwin, who who is in some way relegated to even his 30 Rock persona. Not the, yeah, not the character, but he, just, much, he yeah. just has like this desk guy. He When he shows up on a film, he's always the guy wearing the suit and has three days to do his scenes. And then he's just... And is really is. pissed at you. <laughs> right. I, I love the first Mission Impossible film because even from the very start of the film, when they're on a mission and it goes bad, you understand that there's, you know, Ethan Hunt is the, he's the quarterback, but you've got a demolition guy. You've got an electronic right. guy. Like you have all these guys and they're all doing something. You could argue that Ving Rhames and Simon Pegg do their things. But like you said, they're like Q. They show up when he needs a new watch. Right. Or when he needs backup, you know, when he's like, look, I can't get through this thing. And, How and, do you do and like early on in the movie, Ving Rhames isn't even actually there. Right. He's in another he, continent. Right. Or, you yeah. Know, doing something remotely. It's like, ah, it was, it was, yeah. it, you know, Tom Cruise is a superstar and he doesn't necessarily show a lot of mileage on him. He looked great in this film. Yeah. But this story had through its cliches starting to show mileage. Like the, you had too many tropes. And, and one of the things that you often bring up and that I agree with, most of the time when you do, but definitely if I'm beating you the beer, I'm sorry, but it's like they wrote these scenes and they're like, okay, now you got to connect these somehow. Yeah. Because what does a Mission Impossible film have? It's always an uh, like a prison heist kind of film. Like go in and get this thing, even though it's guarded by mutant sharks right. on another planet by dangerous asteroids that emit kryptonite. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and then he finds a way in. He always has the loophole. The thing that I liked about the big scene in this film that they were trying to do is you figure out the impossible prison basically and he's like okay what about this what about this and you see the process and, and of you, him digesting and you want and they and show you doing it, it. right and, and they watch like, it that was well let's go cool. through electrical man like it's a six inch tube because where do they get the water you know you see the mental acuity of how he has to find a way in and that was fun but then in the end it's basically just a box that no one would ever build except to try to keep <laughs> Ethan Hunt out right and then I'm like well I know he's getting in so it, and and when he got in to the impossible location this time, it didn't feel like any others. No, even though the others were just as grandiose. It was actually it was actually like, it kind felt, of boring. It though. felt right. I, I felt bored. Yeah. Like I knew. I. It's not that it's Tom Cruise. I knew he was going to win. Of course he's going to win. 
And of course, he's going to get to the end. Usually the excitement of getting him through, like when they went in the Pentagon in the first film, which isn't even the film I like the most, that was exciting and right. believable and fun. This one, you know, everything is by the numbers and everything has to happen. And, and Simon Pegg's character has three minutes to do this thing. And of course, you know, it's going to take them 310 and he's in danger. You know, right. the, the one thing I guess I, you know, as a cliche that occurred to me is I actually liked the way they handled one. So they have like uh, when Simon Pegg is going through things or or even Ethan Hunt, they have like these little devices that Q would have given them, like the lock picking thing. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Don't explain that to me. Just exactly. They just it, they just it. do it. I accept and in there your it world is. that right. technology exists. And of course it would do. Or their keys, their, their electronic the key keys. Things. I loved it. Those were great. Because I'm like, the that keys is, of were course perfect. What you would have. Right. And you don't even have to defend how it works. Every, everything it. that and the movie it. did, everything that the that. movie did along those lines. It was perfect, right? With the lock, yeah. with the having the lock. There was, you know, what is, it's a bond thing and you have right. to do it now. Although, you know, now that we have the anti-bond director yeah, right. directing bond, maybe yeah. you don't have to do it anymore. But you know, that, that scene in every James Bond movie where you go talk to M right, and he explains everything yeah. that, uh, and you've got Q and you've got M and you've got the scene of the gadgets, right? And they have to walk you every walk you through everything and how it works sh so that later you can do it. And you know, they here are the two new things I got, and then oh, magically, those are the two things that you're I mean, going yeah. to need, even though you never knew in a million years that you would need them, right? All that stuff. And in and in this movie, yeah, it was so perfect. Like when they need to get through a door, they just have this magic right. key, they they kind of show it working, right? But not really, right? And then it just is there and you go well right and it had and the perfect amount of all like, of the things that happen like yeah. that were awesome yep. don't too long showing me don't spend not long enough where i'm just like how the heck did you do that like right. i see it i know it's magic i believe it'll exist in a few years if you don't already have one right now, you know and and another thing that i was thinking of that i thought i might not like but i actually did like very much was the kind of anti-climax ending which i'm not going to Boy, right thing. no but yeah that was you, that was you, good. you typically have like a bad guy and a good guy fighting or shooting and danger and peril and 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 innocent bystanders in trouble and all these things it actually doesn't happen like that like the the climax happens like in 15 seconds and it's absolutely satisfying right like i was surprised it's weirdly satisfying yeah. yeah and and that's even despite not necessarily thinking that the villain was as formidable we're told that he is basically the anti Ethan Hunt. So, but we have to believe him and we believe him because throughout the film, he's always a step ahead. So cool. Okay. He right. is, he's great. But then they sell it and I'm like, okay. And, and that whole thing where Ethan is basically just watching things happen. I, I loved it. Right. I was like, please don't, that, like, that, please part, don't that part was all that. good. And you know, like you said, the part where they have this uh, goofy room that would never Man. exist, except that we've, it's almost like when they're writing the movie, they built that backwards. Right. They I were, agree. they were like, we want to have him have to do this, and then yep. have to do this, and then have to do this. Now build me a place for him to break in, right? Where that will work, <clears throat> and then you're the guy who has to design that place, and you go, well, okay, right. then I guess, I guess it it's this, this right. or whatever. Yeah. And it's very weird. And what's I think what's odd about it is that they are trying to up the ante on impossible places to break into. Right. And it's like the more impossible it is to break into, it's like the weirder it gets. Right. Like, it's going to be a space like, station. Like you're now doing a, yeah. a sci-fi movie right. or something. Right. And, you know, there's plenty of places that are impossible to break into. Right. That really exist. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that, well, that you really could never get in. No one could ever break into it. Especially, right. you know, and here's the weirder thing for me. Especially if you've basically got one guy. Right. If you, you have, have an like, army. That's if you have a seven people on the Mission Impossible Force. Right. Then you have like a different thing. Right. right. Which is what we should have anyway. But, yeah. you know, we didn't need the completely crazy thing that has to happen yeah and you know the thing that i thought showed i think the weakness of that was that when they finally got down to okay here's the this is the only way it could work yeah. you were kind of like going that's not that hard to break into actually right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. so 
Well, and they it's, even, it's like, why would they build it that way? Right. Because it's actually not that hard to right. break We're going to build this room and just hope that guy from America is really busy for the next 10 years. <laughs> right. Because he's the only cat that we, you know. It's, it's just, it's, it's really weird. But what sucks about uh, the way a lot of it comes together and why it was like so seven for me is that like I really hated that part. I like like yeah. you said. I like the walkthrough where they start showing it. That was great. And then all and then yeah. all of a sudden they go, well, so we can't do that. <laughs> right. But, but you've seen it. You've right. like watched him think it basically. I thought that was really cool. I yeah. thought the place they break into sucks. Right. And then, but when they do the part where they get the prime minister, yeah, I thought that was awesome. It was great. When yeah. I when I and it's. It's, cliche as it's, hell, but it worked on every point. It it's very cliche in a way, in a Mission Impossible it, it, way, in a way, right? Yeah. But when it it's kind of sucks that it's so late in the movie, right? Right. But when I was watching that whole scene, like basically from beginning to end, all I could think was like, why haven't I been watching this all, all this time? time? Yeah. The, yeah that would have just I been agree. awesome. And, and I'm glad they kept that out of the trailer. I think they make. Oh, a, yeah. I think they make a big mistake in assuming they need to show something like Tom Cruise hanging off that airplane. Which, even if you don't see the movie's trailer, that happens in the first forty-five seconds. Right. I think that's based. You're going to go see Mission Impossible because you're either a Mission Impossible fan, an action junkie, a summer lover, or Tom's a Tom Cruise fan. You don't need to throw that in there. But I'm glad they didn't ruin any of that stuff. Right. If they had easily shown like certain unmaskings or anything oh, yeah, I'd be like yeah. I'd be pissed because I'm like right. that you don't have to do that and you weaken what's already going to be really effective. I, I agree. I thought that whole scene was really great. And, and it it was it was like fun you know what and they it was do, mission impossibly. It was. It, <laughs> it was. And, and that's what I mean like great. in a very cliché mission impossible way, not like a it kind of a bond like, too, but like the the anti, you know, yeah. comparison in the movie is when they're at the op Right. I hated everything that yeah. happened when they were in the opera. It was all so bad. It was like, uh, you know, it was like a really cheap version of like a Bond thing. It felt like somebody trying because to make it's, that film. Because it's just very him. Yeah. And, and you've got the big guy that he's fighting on the thing. And they yeah. fight like such a stupid, right. you know, it's supposed to be boring a way. way. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and then everybody's shooting everybody else. Right. And then the only thing that was like kind of okay, except it was only okay in theory. It wasn't yeah. okay in the way it actually played out in the movie. But yeah. you could see the theory behind it. If they'd have done it right, it would have worked. When he shoots the guy in the right. in, the, I actually like that. That was right. That was That's okay. Play to make because yeah. yeah, he's got no. Right. He, he doesn't get one no other three. option yeah. works. Yeah, and that was great. Except that it it doesn't. It doesn't get you what it should get you right. because of what you had to watch to get to it. I, I still like the series. I still like the the whole foundation things. And I think there's other things that they can still do because the characters are, um, if not still interesting, at least interesting enough. The next Mission Impossible film can't or shouldn't be about breaking into a space station or you know stopping an asteroid. It should truly be what the title suggests, an impossible mission and in that it should be a lot like what i think is maybe if it's not the best of the entries it's the second best tied closely with ghost protocol and that's the third film where you kind of suddenly realize that ethan hunt because you care about his character and and again my a, a big negative on this is aside from that third film I, you don't know anything about you don't care about ethan he's just tom cruise right he's he's the super cyborg unfeeling quick thinking badass machine who always will get his guy but in the third film you kind of see what it's like when he has like a family and he has responsibilities and he's vulnerable like if you make him vulnerable then he's in if he's just a super weapon i don't care right what needs to happen in the third film is to go back to a kind of story that was in the third film which is the impossible mission is not everybody comes home Right. Somebody has to really get hurt or die. And of course, it probably won't be Tom Cruise. So you got to pick between Ving Rhames or Jeremy Renner, you know, and got to be something where you're in a position where you can't win. Right. That you eventually do finally have this thing that's impossible and you can stop somebody, but the consequences for it are very hurting to you and you only. That's going to be really interesting because that's a really fun story versus where are you going to come up with another impenetrable fortress with laser guided shark? Right. You know, I don't need to see that anymore. And and yeah, you know, it's like going all the way back to the first movie and and when it was the big thing with the uh 
you know, going down on the wire right, and, 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 and it, it, it was, stuff. it was like the huge trailerness of Tom Cruise right. on that. And then, you know, for years, like everybody had to do that wire where you almost hit the ground yeah, little thing. Right, right. They need to do something that is not just, you know, cat burglars right. episode 13 or whatever, right. you know, they need to make something, you know, they need to do something that's really impossible too. Yeah. Right. Like they need right. to do something that's, uh, you know, they're, they're preventing this, uh, toxin from being released. Right. Right. But like it already happened. Right. And right. that, and now we have to stop it from happening when it already happened. Right. That's impossible. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know. They need, I want, I want need to do something. Style. They need to do something. Like I said, they had good yeah. chases in here. They had yeah. some pretty good chasings and, that were fun. And, they had a lot of the pieces that came together in good ways. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, overall, it's just, it's just always break into something. Yeah. And if you imagine that the impossible mission force really right. exists, right. Right. Everything they do every day yeah. is not breaking into some place right. and getting right. the little it thing. I right. mean, it's just, right. there's got to be other stuff. All those negative things aside, uh, well, w one quick little thing too. I actually liked, although I don't know if you did. I think you did. Even the storytelling behind what's happening, which is all these world events are kind of linked, like these really weird, innocuous, right. innocent yeah. kind of things. They're actually being kind of engineered. To these result. things, these things that are are accidents, because everyone you knows what, it's an accident. What really happens afterwards? Like, right. is there a civil war? Is there a bank that goes on? You know, these things. All of this, and this is typically us all that ragging on it, we rated it pretty high because I had right. fun. Yeah. I don't think I was only bored only that one time, which is in the underwater scene, which was really weirdly out of place. Yeah. It looked to me like and, someone and had went seen on gravity. weirdly too long. Too, it did. It looked because like, he's supposed to be holding to be his breath. Right. He's oh. we've got a clock on it. Yeah. And yet you're going, God, this, this seems longer longest. than that. Right. It looked to me, maybe the way they were filming it, uh, that it was, something they'd seen out of gravity. Like when you start seeing the thing spinning around and it almost felt like that was just like somebody had seen Alfonso Cuaron's film. They're like, I want that. Put right. that in a scene. It, aside from the underwater scene, I had, I wasn't bored. I had a lot of fun, even though it was all cliche, most, mostly all cliche. It was just really cool to see these guys all show up again and play roles that are familiar with and have, have fun. There's a little bit more humor in this. Right. And, 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 and yeah, it, it was good. And it starts out, a fairly interesting yeah. part and everything. I was already like, you know, it warns you yeah. that you're not getting an impossible mission force, right. even in the first scene. Yeah. Because there's some really serious stuff we have to make sure doesn't go anywhere, go wherever it's right. going on this plane. Right. And really we only sent Ethan and right. Ethan you sent one and a half agents, right. not even half. Like right. you basically send one agent, and he's just there in the grass. Yeah, yeah. stuff on the computer or whatever. Yeah. And Ethan, who we don't know where he is, but but basically you're breaking into wherever in it's like in Belarus yeah, or I think so. whatever. Yeah, we're breaking into like the military. Uh, military base right whatever yeah and and all we just need ethan right and and then simon can run the computer right you know simon could be like an intern he has to do yeah. with this right yeah. he has to push buttons on the computer after yeah. ethan does that's awesome whatever he does and and it's like so so basically it's not a force right it's just ethan it's a force so, of one i don't know <laughs> anyway we're out of time and uh i'm surprised we got through all those movies me too we're but, gonna run uh, out but yeah no. we're gonna run out of time but you know that's that, that's our story it's a seven yeah. and yet it's yep. a lot of fun and uh we'll we'll be back next week what's next week fantastic four. Oh, that's right yeah i'm scared that's gonna be i'm scared of that one uh, all right. Thanks for tuning in yeah. uh, with the live shows already cut off, That's but um, thanks for tuning in. Please send us uh, any emails. Uh, you can send them to Mark at WN.com or uh, Mark Eastman at are you screening.com. And we will try to get to questions next week. We should uh, have the critic takedown again. So if you've got your suggestions of somebody, some critic who reads and you think they're crazy and you think we will too, we send those in. We should go to a critic's house. 
and live tape it. And, and just be like, what it, you talking about? What you what you mean right. by this? What you think? And and uh, then we'll invite them to come out and that defend, would be great defend too. their position. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we'll see you next week <laughs> for tuning in. Please share, subscribe. Uh, Otherwise, trick your friends into listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Why pay hundreds more in taxes and fees on your wireless bill? Introducing T-Mobile One, now with taxes and fees included. Get four lines for 40 bucks each per month with AutoPay. Switch your family of four to T-Mobile and get a $600 prepaid card. It's kind of like a refund on the taxes and fees you paid to those other guys last year. Don't wait. Visit a T-Mobile store. Top 3% of data users greater than 28 gigabytes per month may notice reduced speeds. Sales tax and regulatory fees included. Effective with February charges via prepaid MasterCard card. See store for details. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.